0: You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at InsideActingPodcast.com.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 104 of Inside (laughs) Acting. My name is AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elgach. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, managers, agents, casting directors, and package it up into some bookends where we talk about stuff and answer questions. And then we put it on the internets and offer it out to listeners the world over, whether they like it or not. Did you just come from
0: doing a play with music by any chance? By any chance, did you? I, I don't Are you know making what it is. Fun of me right something now? in the air. just tells me. Are
1: you making fun of me right now? <laughs> uh,
0: that's right. And on today's, or I'm sorry. Let me rewind and actually say the right thing. Uh, we're just too dudes to the podcast, and uh, we don't pretend to even know all the answers or even even some of them in a lot of cases. So if you're if you're listening to the show and you hear something that maybe isn't your doesn't drive with your experience, and you think that we're actually putting bad information out there. We would love to hear from you so that we get the best information out to the community. That's all we're here for, really. We're, we're just two dudes with, with microphones, and, uh, and we want everybody's input. So get in touch with us, if that's the case.
1: And speaking of good information, we have on our show today veteran actor mr larry cedar um who was in the show that i just closed which we'll talk about later but um the guy's been around a while and uh you know him and love him from shows such as deadwood so stick around for that All right, so hey everybody. Hey dude. Yo. How how is, this is getting consistent again. This is good. This feels good. <laughs> yes no, it is. No no broken limbs.
0: Not, well, not yeah. Not recently.
1: <laughs> this is good. This is not, good stuff. This is good. Uh, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm I'm tired. I, my body it's really funny. I literally walked out into the lobby today, so I closed my show today. I walked yeah. out in the lobby, I sat down, and I was like, Oh my God, does this happen every time an actor closes a show? I got instantly exhausted. Like, you know, the adrenaline leaves the body. You're not like, Oh my God, I have a show tomorrow. Like, whatever, your body just like completely lets go. And yeah. I, I'm hoping, I don't feel any sickness coming on, so knock on wood, like I don't get sick, you know, tomorrow. But it's just so funny. Like it happens every time, right? Like you close the show and you're just like, blah, you just turn into this blob of a human. Yeah. Uh, cause you're just so tired. And I was like, really, is this really happening right now? Um, cause it seemed physiological and involuntary. Like mm-hmm. it did not seem like I w- had any control over it whatsoever. Um, so I'm a little tired, but I'm not on Vicodin. So I got get one up on you. <laughs> You want some? <laughs> <laughs> You're still pushing
0: pills. Hey, man, I got to I got to pay for this for this show somehow, right? No, <laughs> That's so funny. I ran
1: into uh, one of our listeners today at a party, um, a little barbecue party. Um, Jason, you know who you are. He said he was listening to those episodes on a drive to San Francisco. I think. And I was like, yeah, we'll call those the Viking episodes. And he said, he said, seriously, AJ, I was dying. I was laughing so hard because you guys just sounded ridiculous. I was like, that's awesome. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> I'm glad. That makes me happy. Uh, cool, man. So, well, you know, I was telling you before we started recording, and I don't think you're going to be uh, in this kind of between projects thing very long because you had a, a pretty
1: epic audition this week. How did it go? Uh, the audition went well. So, uh, it's actually... I don't want to give it away. Um I have to I have to give it away. My it's my pick of the week later we're going to talk about so I'll I won't talk I won't spend much time on that but there's this really great French film that came out last year called The Untouchables and it's an I I, wa- I watched it as research for the audition. It's amazing, amazing, amazing film. Like really well done. And it, it had, you know, a, a decent amount of success, so of course they want to remake it for the US market. So they are remaking it for the U S market. Um, and, uh, I had an audition for the co lead. There's like two leads in the, in this film. Fuck I'll talk yeah. about, I'll talk about it more, uh, during pick of the week, but I had an audition for the lead. So, um, second time I've had an audition for the lead in a feature film. Like that's crazy in and of itself. But you know, when those opportunities come along, like really, it was just like, all right, let me go in and book the office, you know? Um, and it went well. I don't know who was in the room to be honest. I know there was a reader, and then the reader like was like, "Oh, this is you know so and so behind the ca- I don't want to mention names, so and so behind the camera, and so and so behind the camera was like, "Hey, this is so." Then he introduced the reader to me and said, "She'll be reading with you," as if he had some kind of authority. So I'm thinking maybe he was a casting assistant. Okay, but was also operating the cameras. Anyway, um, I actually paid for a short. Uh, session with an acting coach for this one, which I, n- I don't usually do. Um, but it was important enough that I wanted to get, you know, some work done. It, you know, it was only a 30 minute session. So what was cool about it was this particular acting coach gave me a hook. She gave me a way in to, there was two scenes, two contrasting scenes from the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. And they were both fantastic, just great material to work on. And she just had me looking at them from a different perspective, you know. It's always good to get that outside eye. And then she gave me some tools, some tips, some like hooks into to the scenes um, to support me in like dropping in pretty quickly once I was in the room. And so both of those things were. Very supportive. It was cool. Anyway, um, that's awesome, man. It was you're, cool.
0: You're out there. You're doing good work. You're you, and you're and people are implicitly trusting you because of the work you're doing. And it's just the dots are starting to connect and the web is starting to kind of form. It's really cool to yeah. to hear.
1: That's what I feel like we all Get to do is yeah you know, yeah. Well, that's that's the, that, way, that's the way you do it. those I think,
0: I think that's why you know when we were talking we. <laughs> God, I will just mention Ben's name again on the show. He might as well just come and be a third co-host. He's uh, we, he, the ghost, ghost, yeah. Coast. Yeah. ghost, 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 host? ghost. I host. like it. Trademark it. Uh, he, you know, when he called in like years ago and he said like, oh, so my question is, you know, you hear these interviews with actors mm-hmm. and it's always like, oh yeah, you know, I moved to LA and then a couple years later I did the James Cameron film and it's like, <laughs> well, what happened between it? Yeah. And I feel like what usually happens between it is exactly what's happening right now for you. It's just like, well, I just did a bunch of auditions, and one thing led to another, and I'd met this person by chance, and and there's no real, like like oh yeah no i sat down and i worked this system that i paid 800 dollars for from this person (laughs) not that those things don't work but it's like i think a lot of the time it's just such this weird amorphous almost like indescribable journey that it's like well do you really want me to give you the blow-by-blow or like what really matters is that eventually i got into this room yeah by just slowly leveling up
1: (laughs) every couple months it's like boom the actor rpg yeah (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly yeah
1: well i mean you know there's that famous quote i don't know who said it but we've we've talked about it on the podcast before, which is, um, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that one. Cause it does, it's, it's, it's just a lot of work. It's like no one ever became, I mean, you know, some people do get quote unquote discovered at like a Starbucks or whatever, but you know, it's, that's really rare. It's usually like a lot of, um, you know, hard work and, and yeah. uh, tenacity. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, it's good like i I do feel like I'm getting into bigger and bigger rooms, and people are like you said, trusting me more, and um my agents are trusting me more, you know anyway yeah, you're building good. a great
0: reputation for yourself, and that's gonna pay off and I feel like the the payoff for that is gonna be uh exponentially. Mm, What am I trying to say? The the size of the payoff is going to be exponential in relation to the work that you're putting in. Oh, I like that. I (laughs) think that's, I think that's the way it works. Like you're investing (laughs) and you're going to get great returns. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on with you, brother? Uh, I had, I had a really good week, man. I, um, you got a lot of work done this week. Yeah. And you know what? I think a big piece of it is, and I've known this for years and it took me years and years to come around to it. And I think we've alluded to it a little bit on the podcast previously, but, uh, I finally finished my mind movie. Have we talked about my movies in the podcast? Yes, you mentioned
1: before. it once before. Yes. Yes. Cool. But
0: let, remind our so, listeners. So let's talk about, uh, let's get a little woo woo for people here. Uh, we it's all not know about, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, like it's not, it's not, it, works, it just works. We all know about vision boards, right? So years ago, uh, I had went through a nasty breakup and I was like, you know, rebuilding my life as we do when our hearts get broken. And uh, I made a vision board. I spent like five hours one night and I just like cut out a bunch of pictures of stuff that I wanted in my life and threw it on a poster board, threw it up on my wall, didn't really attach any specific goals or action plans to it. I just put the images up on my wall where I would see it every morning and every night and I just left it there. A year went by, a bunch of things happened. And when I turned around at one point uh, and I had actually moved, actually had moved in uh, with you. At that point, I I pulled that vision board out and I looked at it. I was like, it was just like the secret, you know, like where the guy pulls the vision board out and he starts crying because the house he just moved into is the house on his vision board. It was a lot like that. Like I pulled it out and I was like, oh my God, all of these things in one form or another came into my life in a very prominent way. Wow. They weren't like the ways that I wanted necessarily, but they showed up. Yeah. But since I wasn't specific about like, for instance, if I put like a certain type of car on there. I was in a film with somebody who drove that car and it became really good friends with that person and got a lot of rides from them, but I didn't oh, actually end up owning the car. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't specific about what I wanted. <laughs> right. But long story short, like it fucking worked for me. Wow. And I, I had a moment where I was like, Oh my God, they're right. The law of attraction. Oh, you know? So, uh, I've started f- <laughs> i started crying. I did. I started, I was a puddle on the floor. It was, it was really crazy. Uh, So I, um, and I, you know, I read a ton of books about the subconscious and the brain, and the way all that stuff works. And I've known for a long time that I'm a very impressionable kind of sensitive guy. So I was like, you know what, Trev, you really need to like make something like leverage this sensitivity and create something for yourself, put in the time and create something that you can then easily kind of consume to keep these images in your brain. It's like whatever you expose your brain to is basically what's going to come into your world sooner Mm -hmm. or later whatever you expose your brain to the most. So uh, I finally finished. It took me like years to just like do this because I think I knew it was something that would help kind of push me towards the successful kind of stuff that I'm looking for. So I had a lot of resistance to it naturally, but Hmm. I finally finished this week and I I just put a bunch of images and a mind movie. Let me back up. A mind movie is uh, basically a a video version of a vision board. Mm -hmm. It's pictures that you download from the internet. It's affirmations that you create that state the goals, the things that you want as present tense, the qualities you want, the ways of being that you want as present tense is already existing and it's music that you pick. So it all goes to a soundtrack to a song that you pick and you, the idea is you watch it every morning, every night, and it just kind of activates the law of attraction stuff. Uh, I finally did it. And what was so cool about it is that there's a lot of stuff in there about the kind of career I want to have. And I noticed once I had was starting to put major work into the mind movie, investing a couple hours a night into it, the next day I just started naturally, without even thinking about it, taking the actions that I've been putting off forever kind of naturally get me to the next level in my mm. career. Just a little thing. So like before I knew it, like without any effort almost on my part, I had scheduled new headshots, I had updated, I had created a new website, I had edited my reel. Yes. I had been in touch with my age, and I had created that target list of casting directors. And I looked I looked back and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why was this so easy? And it was just, it just because why
1: was it so hard? Like why, why, why did it take so long beforehand? Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: you know, I mean, this is a long conversation. I've already talked enough about it, but, uh, I had a really good week because I'm kind of starting to, I think, program my subconscious a little bit and make these things kind of just kind of put my goals on autopilot, so to speak. Uh huh.
1: So you got the real done. So I got the real done.
0: I got the new photos. I shot with Adam, uh, Emperor Southern <clears throat> from, uh, episode uh, like, I don't know, 30 something, 20 something. IAP alum. Yeah. And I, I had a really great shoot with him. He was easy. It was fun. Um, he was, I can't recommend shooting with him enough and inside acting listeners get a discount. Um, so that was, that was good. And to kind of wrap this whole thing up, um, I really love the Mind Movies software. I actually bought software from a company called Mind Movies. Oh, interesting! It's, uh, it's mindmovies.com, and they have an affiliate program that you can sign up for. So basically, you sign up and you you put a you, you can basically get a commission for for sales that you make uh-huh. through their through a special link that they give you. Uh-huh. And uh, and I, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I have no problem putting that on our website. No problem. Inside On the, inside acting, on the inside acting website. So if people are interested in learning more about it, maybe even purchasing it, and you can make a mind movie on your own. You don't need this software, but the software makes it really easy. And I got to a point where I was having so much resistance, I was like, I'm just going to spend the money and make this as easy as possible for myself. Nice. So uh, if you look at our website now, you'll see a banner for mind movies, and um, you just click on it and check it out. And if you buy it through that link, the podcast gets a little kickback so oh, you, get nice. to, you get to support the podcast and get this awesome software that i think will kind of help you level up in your career and uh kind of put your goals on autopilot so it's a win win that's the way i see it um so i hope that people will check that out and <laughs> yeah that's if they're awesome. considering buying it that they buy it through our link and that way the, uh, the podcast gets a, a little extra support and we can start paying our growing team It is growing. Yeah. yeah. Where's
1: the uh, banner located on the website? Oh, I haven't put it up yet. I was kind of like... Uh,
0: it will be up by the time people hear this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking of speaking of the law of attraction I know you are like forcing, you're like declare, you're forcing man, yourself to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you're like and there's a banner up there oh crap now put a banner up there <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> nice, yes yeah. nice yeah awesome
0: um and there's a few <clears throat> kind of um really useful things that I've come across that I I want to kind of add to that it's it's part of just making the podcast something that's sustainable for us yeah. as content creators because I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel really drained by all the work that goes into this. And I know that it would be a lot easier if, if there was some compensation for the time and, you know, our, like we're starting to actually build a team so that we kind of can disperse this workload mm-hmm. and, uh, we want to compensate them too. It's not fair to ask people to do all this work and not
1: speaking of which them. should, should we just take this time to, Let's as just an do opportunity it. to uh, yeah, to, to talk about. We have a new, what are we calling him? Technical uh, producer? Technical producer, yeah. Yes, awesome. So, Jen, Jen Levin, as you know, is, uh, is our production coordinator slash producer person. Mm-hmm. Um, we're calling him production coordinator. And uh, we have a new technical producer Yeah. Um, who uh, reached out to us after we kind of put the word out when was that?
0: It was when I broke my, broke my wrist arm. and elbow. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So you've talked to him. Do you wanna do you wanna announce it? Sure.
0: I, I um well, I mean, I think listeners most listeners probably know him or know of him. He's very active on the Facebook group. Um he actually just posted a link to his short film that I watched uh, a year or so ago when he sent us the link for it, and it's really good. Uh and I shot a, a web series with him recently that he wrote, co wrote, and is producing. Uh his name is Cesar Gamino, And I think I'm actually saying that correctly. I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but I think that's actually how you say it. I guess the American version would be Cesar Cesar Gamino, But uh, he's a really great guy, man. Um, He's been a patron of the podcast for a long time. Really always been vocal and supportive. Uh, He was at the live event. And uh, he he reached out several times, actually, to us when we were kind of calling for a little bit of support. And he said, I would love to learn more about it and, and support you guys. And, uh, I kind of, I sent an email this past week with all the details. I was like, this is what we're expecting. And this is all the work that goes into it. And I was kind of like cringing waiting for him to be like, actually, I don't have time for that. And he just sent back like two words. He's like, let's do it. which I guess is three words, but he was like, so in, and I was like, great, great. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just really good to know that we have that kind of support and man, is it, is it going to make this, it's going to allow us to take this podcast to the next level. We have a lot planned for what's next and now we can finally you know get that book we've been talking about off the ground the mm-hmm. manifesto can finally get written and signed up for the email list we're going to rejigger the website we have all sorts of plans yep um and so spreading this workload out with, uh, over a bunch of really amazing talented people is going to be going to be great
1: yeah it's happening
0: so thank you saysar says <laughs> i say i'm just gonna call him say come see C. Thank you, C. What up C? Um C Dog. Yeah. He's he's putting (laughs) in a a lot of heavy lifting on this now and so we're very thankful and uh make sure you give him some love. We're gonna add a bio and a and his reel and stuff to our About the Team page on the site, so check that out.
1: So I saw on your Facebook the video for your P90X Ultimate Comeback Challenge. Oh, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up.
0: Uh, uh, so, yeah, I think our listeners know that I'm a Beachbody coach. I've mentioned that a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really believe it's one of the best thrival jobs out there for actors. We actually talked about this last episode. You should put I, a
1: link to that, that video I, uh, in the yeah. show notes of this episode because I think that's like the best explanation. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, um, Trevor broke his wrist, wasn't able to work out, he's coming back with a vengeance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm starting, the uh, summary. <laughs> I'm starting the P90X Ultimate Comeback Challenge, and it's going to start on June 3rd. And as a Beachbody coach, um, part of my job is to make sure that people uh, not only get exposed to these products, which I think are the best out there, I really do, that's why I signed up to become a Beachbody coach, but also to make sure that people have... like amazing success with them and i've done a couple challenge groups now and i've kind of started to figure out what works and what doesn't and i've got some really exciting things planned for this one like we're gonna have weekly like fitness and nutrition homework assignments and we're gonna have like a little point system that i'm putting together so that like if you post a photo of your workout space you get a certain number of points if you post like a motivational quote you get a certain number of points nice. but, like really encourage people to interact yeah and then there's going to be prizes throughout the challenge and at the end there'll be a big prize so whoever has the most points you know slash interacts the most and supports the group the most is can win that prize and you know I'm just really stoked about it man and i it's kind of a great combination of of empowering people to take kind of really just own their fitness, which is something I'm really passionate about and and also just uh you know um have a lot of fun doing it this is uh something I'm really stoked about, and uh i'm half stoked because I'm gonna finally get back in shape. It's been two months I haven't done a thing physically. <laughs> Uh, walked to the bus he, stop and back
1: he still looks like a freaking adonis <laughs> i hate you so much <laughs> you and your brother your freaking jeans man it's uh, ridiculous he's, he's like beast, oh like i haven't him. worked out in two months and you look like ginormous still <laughs> Ugh, mr athlete yeah. um cool so check out the show notes for that video because it's probably the best explanation.
0: Yeah, it'll be in the through. email dispatch as well oh yeah yeah Awesome. And uh, and get in touch with me soon, please, because June third is coming right up, and ideally, you want to have everything ready to go about a week before then. So yeah, here we go. All right, I think that does it then for our
1: our our first chunk here,
0: <laughs> right?
1: It's not National Talk Like a Pirate Day, bro. Damn. <laughs> uh, so so no no right.
0: voicemails no emails this week. So we just no. jump right into our interview. Yeah. With Wait,
1: well, we have some after um, right or yeah no we, we have a listener pick of the week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so, hey guys, we're still here. We're still <laughs> available to answer your questions. We go
0: one week without a voicemail. We're
1: like, guys, yeah. guys, <laughs> we need validation. <laughs> Love, Love us.
0: <laughs> cool, man. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Part one with Larry Cedar, who was on Deadwood, who's. Uh, he
1: was, look, he was in the original Battlestar Galactica. That's, That's just
0: the guest to end all guests That's, right there.
1: That is bomb yeah, ace. Um, he's also done a lot of video game stuff, so ask him about that. Hey, guys. Trev and I are sitting here with... Veteran actor Larry Cedar. Thank you so much for coming on the show,
2: Larry. It is my pleasure and honor to be here.
1: (laughs) So, uh, I had the pleasure and honor of working with Larry in the show that I just closed, American Misfit, at the Boston Court in Pasadena. And in um, the dressing room between me, you, and uh, what, it was a PJ Auckland. Like, we had some really interesting um, conversations (laughs) that uh, stretched all kinds of different topics, but we talked a lot about the industry. And I, and in those conversations, I realized, man, I would really love to have Larry come on the show because everything we're talking about in this room, like I wish there was a bug in the room <laughs> recording everything. And then we just put that on the show.
2: You yeah. Know? That was an interesting room. <clears throat> it
1: was. It was a really interesting room. It was like a, such a, a, a breadth and depth of, yes. uh, of experiences in there. Yes. And, um, yes. you just, you, you told some great stories and I just uh. was like, I, we got to get this guy on the show. So thank you so much for being here.
2: It is uh, my pleasure. Uh, It's just weird by sheer number of years, I guess I've become a veteran. I I don't think of myself as a veteran, and yet I look back, and I guess I am.
0: You've got some 160-plus IMDb credits, many many of which are uh, video game voice characters. So there's a lot to talk about here, stage, film, television, and and video games. I've been doing
2: this a long time.
1: (laughs) That was just one of his characters. Did you, did you catch that? Yeah. I haven't
2: figured out what else to do with my life, so I guess I'm going to have to keep doing it. <laughs>
0: You know, it's so it's so interesting actually. You say that because we've had a lot of guests in the show that actually that's more or less their response of um, like, well, it just yeah. kind of kept happening, and then I looked up one day yeah. and I was
2: here still. Yeah, it's a crazy business, and there's yeah. no logic, and there's no reason to be doing it because it makes absolutely no sense. We have we haven't got a shot in the world. Of, up, kids! Of actually making it, and yet here we are, continuing to bang our heads against the wall. Yeah. You know, but that's why see that's why we have such a good time in the dressing room, right? Because we're all insane, and we get together with everyone. <laughs> we're like, oh, a bunch of loonies like me, a bunch like, of crazy. Well, yeah, you know what you like
0: know, me. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) On on that note, though, then we usually start just by asking people what it was like just kind of growing up and what kind of brought them into this industry. But Uh, let me kind of switch up the
2: question a little bit and ask you, just in that context, why are you an actor? Well, the simplest question is because I was born to be. I mean, uh, anyone who is an actor and loves it and is passionate about it, in some part of him knows that that's what he was born to do. That's why they're never happy until or when they're doing it. And that's why they're so miserable if they have to go into another career. And it's why they ache inside when they're waiting for their next opportunity. It's just, you're wired that way. I mean, look at look at this guy. You're an actor, right? Yeah. The yeah. both of you. I mean, you're wired that way. It's like, you're only happy if you're doing this crazy thing. Um, I mean, I think I knew it at a very early age. I, I wasn't really, uh, I was heavily discouraged to pursue that career, um, my uncle was an actor, and my father held him up as an example of all the horrors of the industry. Now, in my mind, he was quite successful. John Cedar, uh, he's passed away since, but he has a lot of credits. He was a great <clears throat> actor, he's a great guy but uh, my father kept me from, you know, at arm's length from that life because he said, look, he never has money you know, he's kind of crazy, his, his house is always a mess, and he's always running around the country and, I, and that sounded good to me but my <laughs> yeah, dad you're, wanted you're to describing be describing my life That's right, right? that's right uh, and, you know, I was never happier than when I went when over there their house To clean his room? Yeah, I went <laughs> like, over their house and they were all nuts and I had a great time over there but my dad, my dad wanted to be an attorney so I got into law school and uh, at the last minute applied to uh, graduate school in theater uh, on this Suggestion of a guy who'd see me in a one act because I was sneaking in some acting on the side, you know, kind of like a drug, you know. And I got into the acting grad school, and the minute I had the choice, I said, Well, you know, I don't want to be a lawyer. You know, I have another opportunity here, so that's what happened. And that's, wow. I mean, How did
1: you enroll your dad into that?
2: I didn't. I had to actually tell him, uh, you know, but at that point, he, I think he saw the writing on the wall. I'd gotten into law school and he saw I still wasn't happy. I still looked lost. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a lawyer. And I came to him and said, "Dad, you know what? I made a decision." And he kind of looked at me. and says, "Well, it's your life, you know." And uh, <laughs> and then the irony is, is that years later, after he retired uh, and was sitting on his butt, you know, driving my mom crazy, I got him into commercials. And turns out he's a bigger ham than I ever was. <laughs> no way! He How loves funny. the business, and he's made a lot of commercials. And he's older now; he's slowing down with that. But um, but yeah, so I imagine part of his not wanting me to do it is because he couldn't do it. You know, I mean, it just to be perfectly honest, I think he wow. was like, "You, know, you got to make a living like I did." And, uh, but I think had given the opportunity, I think he would have been an actor his whole life, too. Wow. Yeah. He was wow. a contractor, is what he was. You know? uh. Yeah. So,
0: so, what, so you knew from a young age that this was where you wanted to go?
2: Well, you know, all the signs were there. I was a class clown. You know, I was always, you know, disrupting class, trying to joke around and, and making funny voices and imitating people and getting in trouble for it. And all that weird ADD stuff, you know, we freaks of nature do when we don't realize we're destined to, you know... Head towards an industry where we're welcomed (laughs) with (laughs) open arms. Oh, you're a freak! Oh, come on in. Do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was the that was the greatest feeling in the world. When I got into grad school in theater, and in the fall, started going to the open auditions and started getting cast. I went. I felt like I'd won the freaking lottery. Like I'd been the gates of heaven had opened because I'd found my home. You know where I belonged. And uh, yeah, it was just it was the greatest. It's the greatest thing in the world. I still remember that feeling. And, um, and college was great. And then, of course, the reality of the business hits you when you come out. But, you know, even that, if you really want to do this, you just, you just ride over that stuff, you know? You keep going. That's all. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you studied, you went to undergrad. And- I went to undergrad. I was, uh, first, I was pre-med. Then I was pre-law. Then I got into <laughs> law school on a communication studies degree at UCLA. Huh. And then I got into uh, Hastings. And then, um, then I applied because I was at UCLA and had done a one act. And a guy named Gary Gardner, who I owe my career hey. to. I owe my career to Kirk, him. We know Gary. He's yeah. the greatest. Yeah, He came up to me and said, you should be acting. And I said, well, no, I'm going to law school. And uh, he said, well, come audition for the grad program. And I said, ah, but I didn't do any undergraduate studies. He said, it doesn't matter. They'll love you. So I auditioned and got in, and that was that. I, if that hadn't happened, and I'd gone to law school, I, I don't even know if I would have made it through law school. I don't know what the hell I'd be doing now. I have wow. no idea. It scares the hell out of me.
1: Wow. So only listeners who happen to <laughs> know the theater program at UCLA, know how crazy the connection is uh, here that Larry is talking about that Trevor just mentioned, which is that Gary Gardner is still a professor at UCLA and yeah. was one of my professors when I went to UCLA.
2: Yeah, he looks exactly the same, too. Yes, <laughs> he looks yes, exactly he the same. <clears throat> and I've been out of UCLA, oh, my God, 35 years, and he looks exactly the same. He's an amazing spirit, an amazing yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Just, he's, a, incredible. he's a
1: great guy. And the reason that Trevor knows him is because he would come to see stuff uh, that we would do with our theater company, the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble, because it kind of grew out of UCLA, and so many of our members uh, went to UCLA and everything. Yeah, so.
2: yeah he's just incredible. And uh, I know he's still directing. I did a show for Reprise, which uses the theater over there. And, um, and I'd see him around, and they were doing a show in the Little Theater. And it looked like a great production, and he's just as passionate, just as excited, just as... He loves actors. He supports people as actors. I mean, I don't know if you'll have this experience, but I've had in my life where you go to parties, you meet people, doctors, lawyers, people in professions, and they really don't get what we do. you know. And and there's not a a lot of, when you're that age, adults who go, I support what you do. Go out and do that. And Mm -hmm. Gary was one of those guys. I had Mm -hmm. a lot of people tell me not to be an actor. A lot of people tell me not to. And then there was that handful that said, go for it. And wow, am I grateful to them?
1: Because wow. what we do, like wow. I said,
2: makes no sense. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah, statistically speaking, it's a pretty dumb choice. <laughs> yeah, when you're in college and you know you're all preparing for your career, you know, it's like it's like the longest odds in the world. Wow. But if you, you if it's who you are, you know, you got no choice, and you'll find a way. You know, how intre- how cool,
0: man! That is really cool. Like, yeah, that it was Gary was that one guy who kind of just came along and just kind of completely redirected the course. Of I was your going life. like
2: this, and I went suddenly like this. I mean, it was just. Wow a complete transformation and then I mean he changed my life because then I met my wife you know which is the greatest thing that ever happened and then uh, you know my whole life so he, he did it I owe him a lot wow
0: yeah is, is, if you don't want me asking, is your wife an actress as well
2: you know it's funny you should ask because she wasn't for years and then my daughter who's a filmmaker back in New York put her in one of her movies a short film and my wife just loved it so now she's acting she's at a shoot tonight an all night shoot actually uh, so yeah she's, she's it's only recent though she's pretty wow. new to it but she's you know got the bug so, so now it's spreading. It's spreading. You,
1: addiction has spread throughout the family. I know family. your dad, and then and, and now your wife and your daughter. Yeah, that's hilarious. I encourage
2: anybody. <clears throat> I'm the opposite of all those people I grew up with. If anyone says they think they might want to be an actor, I say do it. I'll tell young people all the time, do it, do it. Just go. And then if they go, oh, but it's kind of hard, and I go, okay, then you're not cut out. For it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And <clears throat> and like um, I know someone, and I won't say a name or anything like that, but. Good-looking kid, um, looking for figure out his life, and you know, and had some creative instincts. And I said, "You want to meet with my agent? Uh, maybe you could do acting." And my agent, man, and said, "You're good-looking, young, seem charismatic. Come on!" And he's and they said, "Here's what you got to do: you got to get your pictures made, you got to get into an acting class, you got to do this. You're going to be driving around town on interviews. You got to do this, this, this." And the guy went, "Fuck no! I don't want to do all that shit." And I, I said, "Oh well, I guess we all know he doesn't want it that bad. He's not wired that way like we are." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny. You know, you just told me I, that they cast Richard II, and here I am. I'll admit it. Fifty eight years old. You'd think I'd be over that kind of rejection. You know, like not getting something. You know, and like it wouldn't matter. And you know the big bucks they pay out there at the Boston Globe. <laughs> so you think it wouldn't matter that That's
1: I'm sarca. hashtag sarcasm.
2: You think it wouldn't <laughs> matter that I just lost a job that would pay me a hundred bucks a week. But it's I'm just as sad because mm-hmm. I. I wanted to do that show. I wanted to do a great role, just like we just did this show, and we really were stretched to our limits. That's what I'm looking for every time. I want to be stretched to my limits, and when they say, no, we're going to give that torture to someone else, I go, no, torture me!
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I actually have a a question for you that might seem a little odd, but um, in The Artist's Way, a book that AJ and I are both a a big fan of, uh, Julia Cameron talks about the idea of shadow artists, and basically they're these people that... Want to be actors or filmmakers, but they actually go into an, kind of a parallel yeah. uh, um, career path, like a yeah. lawyer or something like that. Right, it happens a lot. Yeah, would you think that's kind of what you were
2: doing? Well, I know for a fact. Had I not been redirected, I, I would have been doing that. I um, I've met a lot of doctors who wish they were professional musicians. I met a lot of lawyers, a lot of lawyers who wish they were actors. Hmm. So yeah, but like I said, I. I think it would have been a really sad life. I mean, my wife and I talk about this all the time. I I married a woman who completely supports what I do. I'm very lucky. She never questioned if I was getting enough work or if I was doing the right things. She just loved what I did. And we talk about it all the time. You know, we struggle financially and the frustration and the rejection, but we couldn't be happier. You know, I'd much rather be doing this and struggling Mm. than the reverse. Mm. I know people that have money and they got it all and I can see that they're missing something, you know? Mm. Uh, So I wouldn't trade it for anything and I... I wouldn't want to be a shadow actor. I want to be, want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, this was the thing you said, AJ, about... I said, do you miss the show? Because we closed uh, uh, American Misfit last uh, Sunday. He said, oh, you know, not really, but I, I miss the people. And I went, bingo. I said, that experience, sharing that, having that bond over this show is very powerful. It's very uh, validating. It's very fulfilling. It's like eating a great meal. It's something about it. You just feel like your soul is being fed And, um, yeah, that's what we're all looking for, right? Hmm. I mean, God, AJ, you killed yourself in that show. I I didn't want to talk (laughs) about it because I didn't want to. But like you said, the joke was AJ lifted everyone in the show, lifted everyone in the show over his head but me. And I wouldn't have let you because I would have said, no, you're going to hurt me, man. (laughs) But uh, you did it, man. You never complained and and you threw yourself into it because I could see on some level it really was fulfilling for you. I could see it. Yeah,
1: it was fun. Yeah, man, it was fun, and I do, and I do miss the miss the cast. Yeah, um, if not the show. You
2: know? Yeah,
1: it was a challenging show, but you know, like you were just saying, on a, on a challenging project like that, it does kind of bring everybody together. So,
2: and we really made something of this piece, whatever it was. We found a common um, understanding. We we kind of formed our own language. We this is our we made it our own, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that was the joy for all of us because I think all of us were kind of like a little confused by the piece, not sure it really worked, but it was our piece, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, we went through it every night together and or four nights a week, four, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's a great feeling, great cool. feeling,
1: cool. Cool. Uh, I, I was just gonna get back. I don't know what you were gonna get back to. I wanted to know post grad school. <laughs> Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna ask about your first <laughs> mine I know,
0: seriously. I was gonna ask what, like, after grad school, because I know you you got like a what was it? A Universal Studios fellowship yeah. or something like? They used that, to have right? something
2: at UCLA called the Hugh O'Brien Awards. Hugh O'Brien was an actor in the 40s, 50s, 60s. I should know, but I don't. Very good-looking leading man, and he sponsored these act this acting competition, and they would they would you'd compete to get into it, and they would have four teams. There'd be four scenes. I think it was four. And they would have an industry night to the Fruit Playhouse. And they'd invite agents and producers and directors. And it was a kind of a big deal for a while. They would come fill the Fruit Playhouse. You'd do these scenes and they'd award best scene and best actor. Uh, I won best actor. And there was a guy from Universal there. And there was an agent there. The agent said, I want to sign you. And I'm friends with this guy Universal Universal. I'm going to sign you as a client. And then I'm going to put you under contract to Universal. It was one of the last actor contracts they were having. They used to do it a lot. But they did it, and the deal was you'd be kind of owned by them for a year, and they'd try to get you a pilot or something, which I did. Um, not much came of it. Um, truthfully, I'm much more of a uh, kind of an independent uh, contractor type. I didn't like being under contract, really. Uh, but I did get the pilot, and actually called friends, oddly enough. Not the friends, but it was a pilot mm-hmm. called friends. But, but but then I started getting work. You know, um,
0: yeah. I, I noticed on IMDb that it's just called pilot, I think. Oh, yeah, you saw it. I think it. they actually didn't call it Friends on
2: purpose. Yeah. Because it might get confused with... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> weird. You know, but um, yeah, and then I started doing... The lucky thing for me is I had a very commercial look back then, and I started doing a lot of commercials. That that pretty much allowed me to survive financially. Wow. Uh, I wasn't doing voiceovers then, just commercials and TV film, you know. Cool.
0: Yeah. So so post-contract with Universal Studios, what what was that journey like? I mean, you said the commercials kind of sustained you, and... Was it rocky at first, or did stuff just start coming, or what were some, some hiccups that you had, or, or some unexpected victories? When I
2: think back to the kind of actor I was then, it's, I, I don't know how I survived, because I really wasn't very good. I, um, I really, I knew how to be funny, that's why I got commercials and stuff, but how to really act. I'd been in acting school, but I blew more auditions, you know? Uh, so it was kind of rough in that regard. I got my share of stuff, um, but then I was just by myself, I didn't need much money. So I uh, I lived in a little tiny studio apartment and uh, socked my money away from the commercials and God it's just I, that's why I say you talk about the INDB. I look back and I I try to remember some of these jobs <laughs> They just stumbled from one thing to the next you know never really had much of a plan just as long as I could be uh, making money and acting you know wow yeah wow
1: did you, did you ever find yourself doing anything else like we have a saying on the podcast we call them thrival jobs <laughs> because we don't want <clears throat> we don't want people to associate you know that with you know failure because so many people do it's like well if i'm not making money as an actor i must be failing it's like well no you're or i'm just surviving you know or yeah yeah, we don't want we don't want our listeners to be in like a a survival conversation so we call them thrival jobs thrivals Thrivals. did you have a Mm -hmm. thrival job yes i
2: did um I this the, there was this new thing out there called word processing, and when I tell you what, uh, yes, they used to get a disc. What was that? You remember floppy discs, right? What? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, yes, you I remember floppy, know. Disk. remember floppy discs. I'm sorry. Floppy discs. Stop. I'll no, no <laughs> go on. And, uh, the the, the flo- <laughs> floppy discs. Uh, floppy discs were the big ones. They were like about what is that? 3 that by like Three, three, yeah. three and a half inches. uh, okay. you
1: know, uh, f- uh three, three point three three five. Three and a quarter was the smaller ones. Uh, five and, yes, a right, yeah, five and a half. Yes, right. Yeah. Five and a half. Okay. Six, so before five, in
2: addition to five and a half, they had. I think they were like twelve inch discs and you would go and you would take this big freaking disc and you could slide it into this thing and close the latch, right? Yeah. And that's how you word process. So I took a word processing class when I was word processing downtown at some, uh, some law firm, uh, not for too long, but I was doing some word pro I worked for a, a lawyer, a personal injury lawyer. That was really fun. Uh, just because those guys are nuts. Um, just on the, they're on the phone all day screaming at insurance companies and stuff. So that was my thrival job. That was my, my big one. But aside from that, I pretty much, you know, that's all i done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. It <laughs> is just, it's awesome. It
1: reminds me of, um, who was it? Uh, Blake Robbins when he was like, when he got married and wanted to have kids and stuff. And, and he was like, I either get to start making money as an actor or quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I have two choices and then yeah. he started making money as an actor. Just
2: yeah. crazy. Oh, I don't know. I don't just, know. I don't know how
1: you do it, but I want, I want to know. <laughs> I,
2: I, I think you have to be open to any and all possibilities I think you have to, um, you know, within limits. I mean, people say is there stuff you won't do, and I, I would normally I would say no, but I did some uh, work at conventions. Did I? Ma- I mentioned that one night, didn't I, in the dressing room? Worst job mm-hmm. I ever did, where I'd just be a spokesperson for like an electronics product, and you send you down to a New Orleans or something, and th- it's like these conventions, and you're in a booth, oh, and every half yeah. hour you give this presentation. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to freaking kill myself every minute of that job. I did it twice, and I said, I, I can't do this. I can't. Because it's... You know, talk about soul-killing jobs. Uh-huh. Soul-killing jobs. I'd rather do anything, any kind of manual labor, anything, as long as it wasn't related to acting. But when you're doing a job that's kind of acting, but it's not really <laughs> acting, you feel like you're fucking up your system. Like you're, you're, you're crossing your wires, and you'll never be a good actor again, because you're using that part of you that wants to do it, really act. And you're yeah. bastardizing it into this weird kind of... Um, you're really selling your soul and it it hurts. So I said, I'd never do that again. If I get any other kind of job, but I wouldn't do anything acting related. It was so, so commercial, you know? Right. I I hate to say it. I never, no one should have attitude. We need money. You need to make money. However you need to survive as an actor, you do. But I do go into certain jobs with a bit of an attitude and I'm always sorry. I do, but I, I really never, I didn't get into this business to sell gum. I didn't get in this business to, you know, to sell insurance. I never wanted to be a salesman. So, I, I oh, it's so hard, but I'll walk onto a commercial set sometimes. God forbid someone's going to hear this. And it's, I really have to just try to, you know, be there and happy and positive because I'm making the money. But, um, you know, that's why I always say I didn't go to college to sell things. You know, I studied acting to sell things. I studied to have, just to explore interpersonal relationships with people and understand mm-hmm. the spirit. And, yeah, we all want to do that. You got to be realistic, though, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's why I like voiceovers because you're pretty much anonymous. You're doing it, but it's like no one's ever going to know. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, no, I mean I, I shouldn't really say what I just said because whatever you have to do to make a living, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, commercials are great, and uh, even if you become look. A spokesperson for some company, and you're doing that for two, three years, and you're making a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand bucks a year. Do it. Save your money. When you're done, you'll go back and do theater and shit like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I yeah.
0: used to, I used to have a problem with commercial auditions too. I used to actually like have a lot of beef with them because oh. I just felt like it wasn't real acting. Well, you know, like it, it is, the same thing, but it, but it isn't. And then I realized, you know, these products, a lot of these products are really useful products that improve people's lives. Yeah. If I come at it from that vantage point. Yeah. And then here's the I'm thing. I'm doing a
2: service. Here's the thing. We are professional communicators. Is what we are. We are. Uh, we're lucky to have certain gifts uh, of, of speech, of movement, of an- a presentation. We know how to s- convey a message. Now, in a commercial, the message just happens to be about this product. So it's one removed from your soul or this other person's soul, but it is still a communication. You're trying to reach people. So in that sense, yeah. 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 Why not?
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Deadwood. Because okay. that's that's like the big thing that I've seen you in. And okay. I, and I saw you in the show and I was like, God, that guy looks familiar. And I was like, I know <laughs> I've seen him in stuff. He looks like
2: an opium addict.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then AJ's like, Oh yeah, he's been in everything and then I was like I looked up the IMDb and I was like, Oh, Deadwood, I, I've only seen the first season, but God what a great show that is. Tell us a little bit about what it was like to what it was like leading up to that gig. How you got it, and then what it was like working on that set. Uh,
2: Peter Jason. Do you know who Peter Jason is in the show? He plays the guy they make sheriff. he wears a little hat, and he's kind of like a big blustery guy, and he has a mustache, and we end up being kind of yeah, partners yeah, yeah. in the show. Okay, yeah. Peter's a friend of mine, and about a year before I got the job, he was talking about how he got cast in this pilot for this show called Deadwood. You know, oh, I just got this guy. It's going to be a great freaking show, and all, you know, everybody, they're all crazy. And I said, oh, lucky bastard. And then um, uh, like a year later, they, were, they, they shot the pilot, and they edited it, and they did reshoots. A year later, they started to get ready to do the series. And Peter's going around going, yeah, yeah, you know, we're going to be shooting and I'm on it. And then I said, oh, just, oh God, I wish I could. Then I get a call that they're hiring for a guest star. And uh, it's a small part. Uh, and I go, okay. And I go down there and I remember sitting in the waiting room going, please don't fuck this one up. Please be good. Just just give a good audition. This is a really good one. And I walk in and there's David Milch and uh, um, the producer Greg and somebody else. And I read for it and they go, it's like, you, it's like your dream. You know, you always hope happens. They go, you know what he looks like? He looks like that part of that opium addict. You know, the, the guy we're trying to cast, we haven't cast that? Yeah. Why don't we have him read that?
0: Were they he, whispering you're in the room whispering the loud time, enough so just- I can,
2: excuse me, I'm here. I can hear you. <laughs> right, 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 They said, we just go take the sides and, and read this, you know? Yeah. And I go, okay. <clears throat> Come back in. They said, yeah, great. And it turns out they had described this character of this red-bearded, skinny opium addict named Leon. And they hadn't had me in for that, but they thought I was right for it. So I read for it, and they said, "Great, you're going to be on the show for like two episodes, maybe three, and then you get killed." I said, "Whatever." Uh, long story short, got on the show, and they were supposed to kill me, but then didn't, and then it ended up going three years. Ended up being on the show for three years. And
0: did they not kill you because of your work, or I just don't, because? No, because huh, I know that's happened.
2: There was two of us. There was two of Opium addicts who worked for um, who worked for Tolliver. Uh, that's. Um, Powers Booth's character yeah. two of us mm-hmm. I was told that I was going to be the one that was killed they always call you and they say you know you're going to be killed you're going to die and I'm sorry it's, you've been great and we love you but eventually dead <laughs> Deadwood everyone dies I said okay <laughs> so I cried Deadwood. and then the night before we shoot they send me this has been some changes in the pages and I read the scene and I go oh, "What a minute they're killing the other guy is this right and mm-hmm. I read it again and again and I don't know what happened I felt so bad for the other guy he was such a nice guy and he thought he was going to be the one that went on and wow. he was a good actor yeah and uh there was a bath house scene have you seen that scene yet
0: uh, it was a while ago so i'm not sure i saw the whole first season so i'm not sure yeah. if i got to that or if i remember that
2: part. me and this guy steal a swearingen uh ian mcshane's dope we we intercept some couriers and we steal the dope and we shoot it up and we just have a great old time and he catches I remember us that. yeah he catches yeah. us and brings us to the bathhouse and puts me in a tub and the other guy in a tub and we why we in these Oh, tongues. my God. Yeah, I remember this scene. This and is he, a brutal Yeah, and scene. he goes back and forth like, why'd you do it? And you know, and I, you know I'm going to kill one of you guys and draw straws. And uh-huh. uh, the other guy draws a short straw, and he puts his, foot, his boot on his chest and yeah. downs him. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's the luckiest. You have to be ready for luck in this business because it can come at any moment. And this is what I always tell myself at my lowest moments, that it seems like shit now, but you never know tomorrow somebody could see you and go, oh my God, we're looking for a guy who looks just like you. Yeah. So you got to keep positive and be, be ready. You can't give up on yourself or the business because uh, this, this was total luck. Mm. This gig was total mm-hmm. luck. I had to come through. I had to do my thing, do a good job. Uh, I had to do my work, but the, the opportunity... I have no, no, I, I no, no idea explained. what came What from. What do you uh. do
1: to stay ready? What do you, like, what do you, do you, do you, do you, I mean, you're obviously, we did theater together, but like, what are you, what are you doing when you're not, when you're in between jobs and, and <clears throat> thinking to yourself, you know, the next job is around the corner. Yeah. I'm going to get lucky here in the next, you know, week or day or two or whatever. What are you, what are you doing to prepare for that luck to come?
2: Well, that's a great question for anybody in this business because there's more downtime than uptime. And what do you do to keep your mind clear and ready? Like you said, theater is excellent because you're working the angles. You're working with other actors. You're, you're working the beats. You're discovering you know, how to play a scene with another actor and find your, you know, your different actions and things. That, that's, just, that's a muscle that should always be worked. So theater's great. I th- this is my personal opinion now. Every actor is different. I took class for a long time. I don't so much anymore now. Class is excellent, too. I read a lot. I meditate a lot. Um, and um, But, the, I mean, seriously, that's kind of it. As far as acting preparation, I read, I meditate, I do plays. Hmm. Uh, anything that approximates the acting experience, reading from an intellectual point of view, you always want to be... You're very smart. I, I know you're smart. You always want to be a person... You think about some of your favorite actors. Look at James Woods, one of the smartest people in the world. You look at some of these guys; they're sharp, they're smart, they're aware. Very, they're they're very aware of what the world's about. So that means either news or fiction. Just keep your mind sharp, you know. Uh, and then meditation, because it's just a way of finding, you know, just staying close to who you are and understanding how you operate for yourself, you know. But that's just personal. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that
0: drives That jives with a kind of kind of almost like an inside acting philosophy that we've developed over the past, like, a do- couple dozen episodes, mm-hmm. is it? I think it started with Mark Atterbury, when he said, he's uh, a previous guest, and he said, good acting is autobiography. Yeah. And that kind of started this whole chain of conversations where we just kind of started to realize, at least I started to realize, um, and I say that because you may have already been there, not because I feel like you missed the boat or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Son> <laughs> but but I, I started to really kind of come around to, like, wow, you know, it's like there's a difference between to being between just being genuine and having an experience with somebody in the context of a script mm-hmm. and acting you know mm-hmm. quote air quotes acting and then i realized wow i've been going about this thing all wrong
2: mm-hmm. like
0: what what really like when you say like meditating and reading is is it's sharp. I mean, that actually, that actually echoes what uh, Larry Moss teaches as well. He always mm-hmm. talks about how actors should be reading and all just time. being in tune with themselves and who they are and at, at peace with that.
2: Yeah. that's When you say at peace, that's really crucial. That you, yeah. It's crucial that you understand your mechanism. You know, we all come from some kind of history that made us who we are and uh, that can create uh, negative uh, behaviors that you can't control. It can create positive. It makes you who you are. Your whole package is full of negative and positive behaviors that you spend your whole life trying to understand and deal with. The better understanding you have of yourself, uh, the better actor you'll be. Because uh, when you come into a scene with someone and you feel feelings or you feel frustrations or you feel emotions, whatever you, and you react as who you, like I, Larry Cedar, react as Larry Cedar would. And if I kind of have a better understanding of why I'm understanding, I can can tap into those things. I can use them. Uh, I can avoid self-destructive things, which happens in a lot of actors. I can tap who I am. So being self-aware. Now, that doesn't mean mean, um, contemplating your belly button 24 hours a day. Acting is a very other-oriented profession. Uh, You have to constantly be working on engaging others. It's all about what we do to others, what we do to others that makes you a good actor. The best actors, like Mr. Olivia here, they're very effective at having an effect on people. You know, uh, I haven't worked with you, but I'm, I'm sure you're great. I have worked with you, and you're very, one thing I'll say is that you're very powerful at having an effect on people. You get what you want. You understand how you can affect people. In our show, either through being threatening or being empathetic, but you, I saw you work. You got what you wanted from people through your own, through AJ's, um, Mechanisms. You're unique. You're unique. I'm unique. So the more you understand yourself and how you work, uh, the more effective you can be. Like mm. I, I tell this to people lately. I find myself telling this a lot to people, so it must be the way I work. I'll walk into a situation like our first day of rehearsal, and I'll look around at everyone. I'll go, hmm, what's this guy's story? What's this guy's story? How do they make me feel? How could I succeed with them having what I have? How can I find a way to make these relationships go in the direction I want them to go or in a good way. I start feeling things. I start mm. watching you. I start looking for clues. Then we get on stage and I go, oh, I know what works with this guy. He has this effect on me, and here's how I'll react to that. You just, you're just you very in tune with what's really going wow. on. That's awesome. It's not, it's, not, um, <clears throat> it's not theoretical. It's real. Yeah. I would say the best clues you'll get to how to do a scene is what you pick up from the actor you've been selected to work with. Hmm. We're pretty interesting characters, actors. We tend to kind of spew emotions. We can't help ourselves. So most good actors, and our cast was full of good actors, great actors. You'll meet them and there'll be stuff coming off them right away. And uh, you start thinking, ooh, what do I do with that? Being who I am. There's a scene, and I didn't have any scenes with you. But there's this one scene, I just remember in particular, uh, you just look so freaking threatening. You walked into my cabin, myself, and, I, and you looked at me. At one point, you stared at me like you were doing this kind of half smile, like I'm, I am pretending to be nice, but I'm going to kill you. And I remember thinking, that's, I feel that shit. That's real. He's, that's coming from me. Now, what do I do with that? And then I thought to myself, like I, anyone who would, I'd say, well, let's see. My gun's over there. My <laughs> knife's in my back pocket. I'm not strong enough to fight him. I do have a loud voice. I could scream, but all this shit was coming up in reaction to what he was giving me. And it was real. It wasn't pretending because you give off that kind of stuff. And I, I'm sure you got something off of me. And this is this is this is the gold that we all love about acting. Yeah, it's the it's we're the science of humans. Acting is the science of humans. Whoa, it is. You <laughs> need to trademark that. No, I mean it is. I mean, and and you know, I think that's why a lot of you know two kinds of people get into acting: either really bright, intellectually curious people who are fascinated by that, or really emotionally passion passionate people who can't help themselves. They are. This is the way they live. It's a fa- it's a freaking fascinating career. The wow. shame of it is is that we tend to be looked upon as kind of vagabonds and bums. Uh, you know, we tend not to be in, mo- in a lot of circles really respected for what we do, but it is an art. You know, this is why I always say in New York, you know, I always feel good when I go to New York because I think actors are treated like that in New York. I think they're treated like they're artists. Hmm. Here in L.A., we're more of a commodity, I feel like. Hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm being very, I'm generalizing, you know, but that's, you know we're like a secret society, and that's why it's great to have like being a show because here we all are, and we go like, "Yeah, we are something, you know, I'm only being paid twenty five bucks a night, but what we're doing is really special
0: Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that first part with Larry Cedar. He's great um, in your show, too, too, by the way. Oh. He he was really he great. He
1: is fantastic. He's just a great... Like, he's... My... Uh, the reason I wanted to have him on... I like, you know, sitting backstage with him for as long as we did in the dressing room and just hearing him talk about his viewpoint on the business is exactly why I wanted to have him on the show. Mm-hmm. He's so, like, laid back and, like, whatever. You know, it really... it's not, It's... It's not like a job like he hates it but it's like it's his job like this is what I do for you yeah. know for you know what I mean I don't know So my
0: my 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 pick of the week my pick of the week
1: uh, what is my pick of the week? Oh, so my pick of the week. We, uh, we almost fought over this one. We,
0: we well, I think we did actually after we saw
1: it because we went to see it together. It, yeah. was a,
0: it was a mandated mandate. It was a mandated mandate. Last week after we recorded the episode, AJ and I went to go see Iron Man three in three D. I am Iron Man, and uh, it was just so much freaking fun, man. I, you know, I loved the first Iron Man movie. Was not a huge fan of the second, so was kind of expecting this third one to be a little bit more fluff and a little bit less. Awesome, and uh, I'm so glad to say I was so wrong. This was—I pr- haven't seen the Avengers, so disclaimer: have not seen the Avengers yet. But I think this is probably the best superhero movie I've ever seen.
1: What? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. W- okay. I'm gonna fight you on this. I think it was the possibly the most fun uh-huh. superhero movie I've ever seen. But I, I like think- how you're
0: fighting me on my opinion. I
1: think. <laughs> hang on. Hang Hang on, okay, okay. I think the best. I'm gonna have to go and ins- I'm gonna have to say that I think the best, or at least better than Iron Man three, really, um, is The Dark Knight.
0: Oh, I haven't seen it yet. The, Wait, the, the last one, right? no, the
1: second one. Oh, middle- with, Heath- with Heath Ledger. The- okay, The Dark Knight. Yeah, with Heath Ledger. The okay. Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight Rises was a good movie. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely the third movie in a trilogy because it was so epic. Um, Batman Begins was eh, okay, but The Dark Knight, yeah, with Heath Ledger, holy crap! That I don't. That's my. I think that's the bet, really? Oh my god, we are going to get so many letters. <laughs> we got
0: we got a little DC versus Marvel thing going on right now. We
1: totally just opened up a can of worms, though. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We just I hope we get know about that. We're gonna get people going be like, no, blah, blah, all these nerds and geeks yeah. just like us. Awesome. Yeah. Well bring it on, guys. Bring it on. I'm throwing it. Dark Knight, I'm throwing that. Bang. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's my that's my I'm, I'm 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 whacking Trevor with my imaginary glove right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never
0: I never really got into the Batman movies, I have to say. I love Christopher Nolan. Oh, um man. And I liked the Michael Keaton Batman when I was like 10, you know, but like these new ones, I just, I just, I don't know what it is. They just don't click with me the same way. Mm. Iron Man was just such a fun
1: ride. It is. It, is. Like it was like a. It was like a roller yeah. coaster ride. If you can't afford tickets to Six Flags, <laughs> oh my god, yes. or some other amusement park, yeah, go it's see. A, go see Iron Man three. One
0: long roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Enough about that. My pick of the week: Iron <laughs> Man three in three D.
1: Aj, it go. has to be in three D or it's not Trevor's pick of the week. That's Right. That's right. <laughs> um, wow. So completely on the the only thing that this what I, the only thing my pick of the week has in common is also a film. Other than that way opposite end of the spectrum so i I mentioned it earlier that i auditioned for the american version of uh the this french film called um the untouchables um and so as research for the audition i went and watched the french film and oh my gosh it was so good it was so good it was like so heartwarming and just so well done and just so well acted and like a beautiful story and it didn't um It didn't, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it wasn't, um, sappy and sentimental because it's about a, it's about a guy who takes care of a quadriplegic. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you think like, oh my God, what am I in for? This is going to be so depressing and whatever. Like it wasn't depressing at all. It was totally uplifting and fun and funny and like so well, like I said, so well acted. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it made a, it made a star of this guy, um, this guy Omar Sy uh, was his first like big feature film. Uh, this this French actor, and he's done stuff since. Um, but oh man, just such an amazing, amazing film. Uh, I would recommend it to a- anyone. I think wow. anyone can get uh, uh, not only entertainment but v- other value uh, from from that movie as well.
0: So is it on Netflix or? Uh...
1: You know, it's not. I don't think I watched it at a friend's house on demand.
0: On demand. Okay. So probably on iTunes or something. So people it have Apple might TVs be on or...
1: iTunes. Uh, okay. I haven't checked, but um, you know, I don't, however you have to do it, go out to a Redbox. go to your local, you know, uh, rental store. If they still exist by the time this goes live, <laughs> uh, you know, find it however yeah. you can find it. Um, uh, I mean, pay for it obviously, but it's good. It's a good, it's a great, great, great film.
0: Wow. All right. I'll have to check that out this week.
1: You will like yeah, at it at some point. Cool. You will like it, Trevor. i I'm guaranteeing you will like it. Awesome. Uh, it's not just a money back guarantee. I will. I'll. I'll. I'll let you slap me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first thing that came to mind. Me- Why was that the first thing that came to mind? I don't know. I'm something's wrong with me. I don't know. S N M. And we have a listener pick of the week.
0: From- oh, that's right. Ann Hayes. She wrote in with uh, a book recommendation from uh, a woman named Penny Marshall. And the book is called "My Mother Was Nuts." And uh,
1: wait, a woman named Penny Marshall? Did I say man? No. What did I say? You said you said a woman named Penny Marshall. Well, you know who Penny Marshall is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was going to
0: talk about that in a second. Oh, sorry. The Do way you
1: you, sorry, I was like, wait a second. The way you said that, we were like some woman named Penny, like like it was an author, like she like wrote a book. I was like. Wait, Trev, you know Penny Mart... Like, wait, we have to have a talk. Pause. Like, we have to have a talk right now. <laughs> Are you serious? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Sorry, keep no, going. Go no,
0: you go for it. No, no, no. You, you no. probably know more about her than I do. No, no, it's fine. I know she's like a Hollywood icon, but... but
1: yes, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Penny Marshall, Gary Marshall. Anyway, go ahead. No, yeah. no, no, go so,
0: ahead. So Anne and said it's just a really, really great read to hear about. It's kind of a, a memoir slash well, she autobiography. She
1: recommended listening to it... Uh, on audiobook. On audiobook. Right. Because I guess Penny does her own... You know, she reads it, and she said it was like really funny and heartwarming, and she even got a little teary-eyed at the end, so... Um, uh, she, yeah. So I guess her pick of the week isn't even necessarily just the book. It's the audio version. Of yeah. Yeah.
0: She said, no, it's, it's, it's like, a no, I was just looking while he was talking. She said, it's like a no BS kind of inspiring, awesome life story. And that the audio is, is pretty critical because she narrates it. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I'm actually, look, I'm, I'm, this is a, sometimes the pick of the week that, Sometimes a listener pick of the week is just like a website or like a video or something and we'll just go and like watch it and consume it and like be done with it. This one, I'm actually very interested in going and like I'll even purchase it, you know, whatever, find it wherever I got to find it and purchase it, yeah. download it and put it on my iPod or my, or my iPhone rather and take it with me. I'm like really excited to listen to this one. So. Cool, man. Right on. Yeah. And you can
0: probably get that on Audible, I would imagine, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, or and
1: you found it on Amazon earlier, right? Or was that just the regular? That's just record?
0: the hardcover version. Yeah. yeah but, uh, I- I'm sure Audible's got it. Um, do you have an audible membership by
1: the way? I,
0: or did you don't,
1: I, I, I steal, I not steal. I borrow a friend. Like I, I share one with a friend.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we get to talk about, uh, audible content exchange and another affiliate episode. program, right? Uh, no, a- it's ACX.com. It's uh Oh,
1: Oh, what we yeah. talked about at the tr- <laughs> retreat with, uh, Michael Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we um, should definitely bring that up on a, on a, remind us listeners, if we, if we forget to talk about this on a future episode remind yeah us, yes. well i'll
0: be i'll be teaching that pretty soon as part of my voiceover classes really with david Interesting. yeah i'll be teaching that so I'll, okay. I'll be i'll be uh close to an expert on it hopefully be a little soon. immersed in it okay yeah, cool yeah. well awesome cool man well i think then that does it for episode 104 right anything else we gotta add before I we that's it go man into the, the final stretch here
1: the final stretch <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like we're wrapping up the podcast forever. Well, we did 104 episodes. Good yeah. night.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, a lot of different ways that you can support the podcast if you enjoy it. So we have a lot of people that uh, listen and, and really never email or anything, and that's totally cool. But if you really dig it and you want to start to kind of give back all that is... Presumably, been given to you? <laughs> um, uh, lots of ways to do it. You can email us, first of all, at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a message on our, I'm sorry, a comment on our website, or even call us and leave us a voicemail at 2132actors. That's two one three two 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 eight six seven seven. 222
1: 8677. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and iTunes and Actor Rated. All you have to do is follow all of those by Inside Acting. So, Twitter.com slash InsideActing, Facebook.com slash InsideActing, or to search for Inside Acting on iTunes and actor rated. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. And uh,
1: last but not least,
0: you can support the podcast financially. We have a new patron that we get to, to announce on this episode, which is Jerry Foley. And uh, oh. he, he wrote in uh, recently, and we kind of, I think we read his email in the last episode.
1: It was the last one? Um, yeah, where we talked about, he, he said, uh, being in the midwest hasn't really it hasn't
0: been an issue for hasn't him. been an issue
1: yeah. yeah well well thanks jared see <laughs> there's a perfect example yeah. there's a guy who got value out of the podcast wrote in contributed his story we mm. talked about his story and then and, and and now he's a patron so that's awesome i love that
0: yeah yeah it is pretty cool and think of all the con- you know this is a conversation <gasps> we just probably would not be having if uh if Jerry hadn't kind of chimed in yeah, well, we for married,
1: Mike and, and Jerry, yeah. all these guys like, thank you so much yeah, for, for your, for your
0: input. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah, totally. So Jerry is our, our newest patron. He now contributes to the podcast on a recurring basis. And, uh, that just, you know, every penny goes a long way and, and you can do that recurring basis allows us to kind of budget for growth with the podcast. So, uh, thank you very much, Jerry, for that. Uh, you can do it too (laughs) like
1: AJ just said you can too inside inside acting podcast dot com (laughs) dot com donate button donate button (laughs) (laughs) you're a Mario character (laughs)
0: Uh, donate button on the right hand side you can donate in a lump sum a one time lump sum any amount that you would like or you can become a patron in which in which you get uh, your headshot and a little blurb with links to your websites and social media profiles on our website with many other perks in the pipeline so consider jumping on now and becoming become a patron because uh, it may be pretty sweet in a little while hint hint wink wink yeah nudge, nudge. L-
1: laying that on there thick there <laughs> brother I don't
0: know if anybody picked up on that but yeah uh, so I think that does it then right for uh,
1: I can't think of anything else Yeah.
0: so for our uh, production coordinator Jen our technical producer Cesar Camino, uh and uh, co-host and producer myself Trevor Algott and
1: I'm AJ Meyer We'll see you next week. That was pretty awesome. It's a team now, <laughs> We're man. We're
0: trying a new team. It's a team. Thing, yeah. it's, like,
1: it's, like a, it's like on the radio when they announce all the producers and stuff yeah, at the end of a show. Yeah, we to I start get, doing that. I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, don't slap your co host